May the peace of our Lord be with you. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. With those words, Paul turns the corner from a treatise on the challenges of the gospel to the freedom we find in the gospel's author. A freedom so departed from the law of sin and death that more than one New Testament scholar calls it living in an alternative cosmos. That there is no condemnation in Christ seems bizarre, especially when we consider the worst that we have done or the worst things we have left undone or the worst that has been done to us or to someone that we love. But Debbie Thomas tells us that Paul makes no qualifications to his thundering claim about God's free gift. There really is no condemnation because the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through the spirit that dwells in you. In an alternative cosmos, we might, as Paul says, live in the spirit instead of living in the flesh. We might let the flesh die to sin so that we can be given life by the spirit in Jesus Christ. With no condemnation, we can live out God's sometimes bizarre calling and know that God is near to us in our living. As we do each Sunday that we prepare to preach, we consider all four lectionary texts and then choose one from which to preach. For me, this usually goes something like, no way. Hmm, maybe. I'm not touching that one. Oh, a story. I'll do that one. I love to hear and to tell a story. And I know that for many of us, and especially for our children, it is in hearing stories that we find our place in God's story. This week, our gospel lesson is a parable, a story that Jesus told, one that our children learn in the atrium, one that makes me grateful for the atrium mantra. Let's wonder together about that. And one that could help us imagine what it means to live in an alternative cosmos, to live in freedom from the law of sin and death, that is, to live in Christ. Let's imagine that the sower in today's parable is God and God sows seed on the path, and the birds eat it. God sows seed on the rocky ground, and it grows quickly, only to wither from the lack of sun. God sows seeds among thorns where it is choked out. God sows seeds on good soil, and it yields in abundance. We imagine God knows what is going to happen to the seed, wherever it lands. And yet, 
God sows the seed without giving mind to where it lands. In the modern world, where technology allows seeds to be planted in the exact spot that the planter chooses, and in the world of Jesus' day, when one imagines that seeds are precious, this willy-nilly wastefulness seems bizarre. But in an alternative cosmos, we might imagine that the sower sows the seed with carefree generosity. The birds have food, the rocks and the thorns have a purpose, the grain yield is sometimes 100-fold. What seems like willy-nilly seed sowing might actually be deliberate. God sows with carefree generosity for all of creation. In her book, Untamed, Glennon Doyle talks about the message parents of newborns are given by the world. In essence, the message is, here's your baby. Don't let anything happen to her. Glennon argues that this message has resulted in the type of helicopter parenting that creates children who cannot function independently. She suggests that a better message would be, here is your baby. Let everything happen to her. Be near. When Jesus told the parable of the sower, I wonder if the crowd standing on the beach connected it to the Garden of Eden, that alternative cosmos where everything was perfect, and yet some of the instructions seemed bizarre. Just three chapters into the scripture, the garden is where we read of the first condemnation in the Bible. Adam and Eve are thrown from the garden, but the Lord is still near. Did God know it would happen this way? I don't know. But I do wonder if the Spirit whispered to the Creator, here is your creation. Let everything happen to it. Be near. The problem with interpreting parables is that we want them to have only one meaning, and we sometimes carry that meaning too far. So while we consider the carefree generosity of the sower, we must also consider that a loving God would not scatter people to the brutal harshness of the sun or sacrifice them to feed the birds. Let's imagine that the sower in today's parable is circumstance, and circumstance sows seed on the path, and the birds eat it. Circumstance sows seed on the rocky ground, and it grows quickly, only to wither from the lack of sun. Circumstance sows seed among thorns, where it is choked out. Circumstance sows seed on good soil, and it yields in abundance. We imagine that circumstance is not the fault of the seed, and yet circumstance sows the seed, without giving mind to where it lands. In the modern world where technology allows us to better see our privilege in light of our circumstances, and in the world of Jesus' day when one imagines that seeds were precious, this wastefulness seems bizarre. But in an alternative cosmos, we recognize that circumstance sows the seed with careless frivolity, 
And Jesus calls us to respond to the circumstances of others. In his commentary on this passage, Raj Nadella tells us that it is the church's job to advocate for the interests of those who are scattered by the wayside and move them to fertile soil. What is circumstances willy-nilly seed sowing is the church's opportunity to live in Christ. In the days of Coronatide, an alternative cosmos is not all that difficult to imagine. In February, February, we collectively lived in our normal cosmos. We shared meals with friends and family. We had calendars and to-do lists. We gathered in this building to worship and lingered after to talk, to play, to hug, and to plan get-togethers. We knew our kids would go to school and we would go to work. We even knew what day of the week it was most of the time. Now we live in the corona cosmos. We follow careful guidelines if we even think it wise to share a meal with friends and family. Our calendars and to-do lists are constantly changing to navigate the changing needs of public health. Some of us gather here where we cannot hug or shake hands or have a quiet conversation in the aisle. We wear masks and we cannot sing. We cannot see so many in our beloved family of faith who worship while watching on screens. We know it's Sunday because we're here, but most days we are less certain. All these precautions are necessary, and it all feels like some bizarre dystopian novel that we should be reading instead of living. It makes me wonder if living in Christ Jesus through the Spirit is like living in an alternative cosmos, then shouldn't it feel just as bizarre? And what does it look like to live out the gifts of the Spirit in this alternative cosmos. How bizarre would it be to love so fully in Christ that we can no longer condemn the ones we hate? How bizarre would it be to take the deep and abiding joy we find in Christ and use it to carry the sorrows of others? How bizarre would it be to be so at peace in Christ that we are able to fully listen to those with whom we disagree? How bizarre would it be to practice patience in Christ so regularly that our very last response is agitation? How bizarre would it be to live out a life of kindness in Christ that even when confronted with hostility, we respond from the deep well of grace? How bizarre would it be to be so fully planted in goodness that we unfailingly speak the truth when we see corruption? How bizarre would it be to live so faithfully in Christ that our hearts perform God's statutes forever? How bizarre 
would it be to live with the kind of gentleness in Christ that makes us impervious to discord? How bizarre would it be to have the kind of self-control in Christ that our only indulgence is compassion? How bizarre would it be to live so fully in Christ that we are completely set free from the law of sin and death? How bizarre would it be to sow so generously that we plant God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Perhaps an alternative cosmos is not that bizarre at all. Maybe we could already be living there. Let's wonder about that together. Amen.